Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show where the chat is always as highbrow as Carlo Ancelotti. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, the king of the Curva Fiesole, and I'm joined, as always, by the pride of the Pierluigi Penso himself, my cousin Marco. Marco, how are you doing this week? Um, okay, yeah, Venezia is still to play this weekend, so... Um, a peaceful, a peaceful weekend. No news is good news, I guess. <laughs> I guess it is, although you've been on a tear, you've been on a we tear have, yeah, by, by Venetian standards of late, so, you know, maybe that was... That was not, yeah, no, this we record on the Sunday night and Venezia not in action till Monday with a big match away to Perugia. I noticed a few away wins in, in Serie B this weekend, so you'd be hoping that that, that that trend continues. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a game that we should be winning, especially now, given our recent form, Perugia down at the bottom. So hopefully another three points and then uh, Boxing Day win against Parma and head into the new year in the playoffs, perhaps. Yeah, that would be amazing, really, for you from, considering be. where you've come from. It would be amazing, but it shows what we've always said about Serie B, that it is a, an intensely competitive league. But we'll get to we'll get to Serie B in a minute. I was going to start with just sort of serious matters, mm. I suppose, but big news in Italian football this week, really, was the, the passing of Sinisa Mihailovic, a legendary figure. I mean, there are not many... You know, foreign players that have that kind of impact and become, you know, to all intents and purposes, adopted Italians. But you know, only, only fifty three years old. Sadly, when you know, diagnosed with leukemia a few years ago, and and fought that as hard as he could, and, and until the sad news this week that he passed away. I mean, I'm a wee bit older than you, Marco. That's a that's an understatement. <laughs> and I mean, I can, I can remember um, that sort of Red Star Belgrade team of the well early 90s I suppose I suppose it was that he was part of and looking back you know you think that was it was almost like it was like another era of football really to think of a team like that from one country made up of yeah. players from one country winning winning what was the the Champions League equivalent of its time with Mihailovic was there with um, Dejan Savicevic, Robert Prozinecki, you know, other Darko Panchev who came to Italy as well, didn't do didn't do quite so well, you know, but just a, a, an amazing side and then kind of Europe sort of cherry picked the, the best of them and he, he came to Italy with Roma, Sam. I forgot about I was, his Roma. I was looking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I kind of missed that too. That was obviously the the first the first thing. It wasn't particularly successful. And he went on to have more success mm. on the other side of the city with uh, with Lazio. But you know, I mean, two Serie A titles, four Coppa Italia, three Super Copas, a UEFA Cup winners' cup, and a UEFA Super Cup. It's it's not a bad haul for a man that didn't go to. Juve didn't go to Milan. I mean, I suppose he was at Inter. He's got trophies, trophies there. But I mean, lasting memory that that left foot really taking free mm-hmm. kicks. He kind of went from, you know, being a a defensive midfielder to a really classy libero later in his career, and he kind of patrolled that defence. And you know, just an amazing, amazing player. And I always thought that you know, I think Pirlo credited him with kind of studying some of his. Free kick styles. I mean, do you have memories of? Oh Mihailovic, yeah, I mean, Marco? he was. He was. Uh, the free kicks are the things that, that that stand out. Obviously, in the memory, I think he scored a hat trick of free kicks in one game once. And 
I'm, I may be making this stat up, but I'm sure I read at one point that he was scoring one free kick every three attempts or something. He did have a he did have a golden spell like that where it was you know it was almost uh-huh. a guaranteed which goal. is incredible if he got, if he got within yeah. if he got within range you just knew that well you know because a team yeah. usually gets two or three free kicks within range in a game so you just you wheeled him yeah. out like a cannon really and he and he shot them he shot them in I read one nice little story just in in sort of part of the, looking at the tributes to him or whatever which was. Him himself, apparently, a story he told after the winning that European Cup with um, with Red Star against Marseille, and he said the manager before the game, Marseille were a great counter-attacking team, and so they had a sort of team meeting to discuss what they should do, and Mihailovic, <laughs> his coach, told them. Give them the ball. <laughs> that that was the that was the tactic. So they couldn't counter attack because you never attack them. So that was what they did. For he says we did it. We made for a boring game. He says, but we never gave them the opportunity. We just watched them in possession for 120 minutes and then won it on and won it on penalties. You know, which is brilliant. You know, to think. I suppose it's true. If a team likes to play on the counter attack and you make them have to attack then you know you you've kind of um, undermined one of their one of their great one of their great tactics i mean i think probably fair to say the managerial side didn't go as well for mm. Mihailovic as the as the playing side we had them at, at fiorentina and we had some we had some success but there was maybe a bit more a bit more stick than carrot in his in his style then and yeah i think i think towards the End of the management, and uh, he, he kind of mellowed a bit. Mm-hmm. He seemed to show a a, a a more gentle side to his character, and, and but also, you know, a, amazing character to be so ill, and yet, you know, to to come back and and manage. And I think that was really, you know, he probably, you know, he was a controversial guy at some stages of his playing career. But you know, in 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 the twilight, I think he just won a lot of love and affection from the Italian game. He was out, you know, not long before he died. I think he was at Zdenek Zeman's book launch, just, you know, showing face and always seemed to have a word of encouragement for players and became mm-hmm. a sort of father figure to a lot of you know, at Bologna especially where he was laterally became a, a, a father figure to them. And just a, a you know, a sad time for a sad time for Calcio to use to lose somebody. I think Anybody dying so young is is tragic. When it's someone in sport that you've seen kind of in the prime of their their physical fitness, it just always seems that bit more that bit more poignant and sad. And I, and I noticed that you know all all the clubs where he played and many where he played against were were paying tribute to him this this week. And he was just a one of the one of the greats, as I say, you know, an adopted. Yeah, I was I was just going to say really, that, that he is know, he's one of these figures that came in to play in Italy and. You know, very much effectively became almost Italian. He he was there. He obviously loved the country, loved loved the football there, um, and yeah, I suppose it is a sign of. I may I may not be your age, but I'm not exactly a spring chicken, and uh, I suppose it is a sign of uh, age that it doesn't seem that long ago to me that he was playing. Um, but it it was no, it was no, a while you're... ago because obviously he has always had been manager of these various clubs. Um, but yeah, I can I can still remember him playing. I can still remember him, uh, you know, taking those free kicks uh, against all sorts of teams. Um, so yeah, it's as you say, a tragedy to to lose him so so young. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And anyway, moving on to the the actual the the playing side, there was obviously no Serie A still until until the new year, so we didn't get to. There was a little bit of Serie A involvement in the in the World Cup final, but well, mostly Juventini though, so we'll not bother dwelling on on that for any for any great length of time. But there was there have been a, a round of Serie B fixtures, and you know some quite. Important ones, really. You know, obviously, I think Barry mm. and Regina got the ball rolling with a bit of a a bit of a board draw. But then tonight in Genoa, we we spoke of Gilardino taking over, and they've kind of upset the upset the apple cart and done what you know, blown the blown the title race. Yeah, window, absolutely. Really. It, it, it potentially puts Venezia within fourteen points in first place if we if we win our game. No, but yeah, no, we. we <laughs> You, you remind me, Marco. You remind me, Marco. These people. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard today that it may surprise you to hear that Kylian Mbappe was the first person to score a hat trick in the World Cup final <laughs> since Jeff Hurst, and they had to relate everything back to England. You, you have yep. to relate everything I back. Do, I do to my Venice, best, and I admire, admire that. It's admire like you that. and puns. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, uh, but yes. no, we we obviously we've spoken about. We thought. It looked like Frosinone might run away with the league and, and everyone else was sort of battling for the second automatic place. But they have slipped up a little bit in, in recent weeks and obviously losing to a direct rival now um, really opens the, the race back up there. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a, you know, potentially quite a big result in terms of the whole Serie B season, that one. Ah, no, I mean, a few, I mean, it's funny, I think I noticed that teams that well, I had kind of not written off at the start, but teams, a lot of the teams that go off to bad starts, Venezia included, seem to be hitting form mm-hmm. now. Pisa as well, I noticed, had a, had a good had a good 3-0 victory over Brescia. I think that's, you know, a big, big result for them. And old Sudtirol just keep ticking away as yeah. well, which is, you know, it's probably a mark of how competitive Serie B is, really. You just get teams like that. That, that keep coming in and keep knocking out results, and Daniel Di Rossi as well exactly. with Spal. So you know that's that's um, shows you that anything's possible, really. You know that they, they can after I think it was seven attempts or something they managed to get the they managed to get their win. Como got a win too. So you know the, the teams that have been kind of having a hard time of it um, have actually managed to, turn to bring it, it back to Venezia. Let's hope it up. doesn't continue tomorrow night in Perugia's case. Oh well, I'm, yeah, ah yes, ah yeah. Well, I was going back. I mean, I say there were a lot of away wins, so I was hoping you would be yes. hoping that that uh-huh. trend, that that trend, does continue. Well, we've, I mean, well, okay, we've not we've not mentioned Venezia for at least three milliseconds, so let's get let's get on to them, Marco. I'd, uh, I was interested to know, you know, obviously a bad start to the season. Things have things have picked up now, but. We're in we're in the festive we're in the festive season. It's the time of giving gifts. I mean, if it was in your power to give anything, any gift to your to the team of your heart uh, on the lagoons, what what would you like to see? Be it a player, be it a player staying, be it whatever it might be. What would be the the one biggest thing you'd like Venezia to get over this? A new festive social media manager, perhaps. <laughs> Um, but if, if we're looking on the footballing side of things, uh, then I think we definitely are missing a midfielder. Uh, we, we've got decent midfielders, Chernigoy, um 
Tasman's coming on to a game as I spoke about last week, but we are really missing that sort of creative midfielder, to, uh, whether it's a deep-lying player or, or someone playing behind the front too, but we could do with more creativity in the midfield, and I think that would make a massive difference to the team, to be honest. So, you know, if I'm only getting to pick one one player or one position, then that's that's what I would go for. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, is there any danger of anyone being lost in January? I mean, do you think, did you manage to conceal it's, them in that bad I was going to say, is anyone season? that big? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. This could be yeah. a good tactic, really, to get off to a bad enough start and just get into form so late that nobody's going to come looking for your players. I mean, is there no, if you were given out an award, a sort of halfway award, is there anybody you'd say gets away with with better than better uh, than pass marks well, for the season so Jordan, far. our goalkeeper, and uh, Zampano, the, the fullback that we signed, I would say they they've probably been good. But also got to say Poyampalo after a bit of a slow start has started to fit in. He he's what I like about him is that he's very direct. If he gets even a sniff of having a chance, he's just going to blast the ball very hard towards goal, um, which you know can be frustrating sometimes. But I like the directness that he's got um, and the physicality about him. But he, like I say, he it would be good if he had someone to play passes to him to to give him more opportunities to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, and flipping that question around mm. for Fiorentina's purposes just to give you my own my own Christmas gift to, to Fiorentina would be a big box to hide <laughs> Sofian Amrabat inside so that no one else can come and sign him in January because that is a big worry for, for Fiorentina you know not that not that our form not been brilliant either um, at the start of the season you know that's been very very inconsistent um, but at least made progress in the in the conference league, and obviously another big round of heavy demanding fixtures lies in in store. But um, I mean, you know, not everyone has kept the television switched off for the last month, like <laughs> you, Marco, and, and some people have watched the World Cup, and he had a, he's had an outstanding. That's very odd. Yeah, he's had he's had he's had an outstanding tournament for I me. Mean, Maroon Morocco were certainly the the surprise package of the World Cup. He was absolutely gigantic for them, including a, a pin up tackle. I did Kylian actually see that. Did yeah, yeah. you see if you saw that footage? It's, it's amazing because he sort of pins his ears back. I mean, he's about twelve miles behind them and manages to. And I think clearly realised that Mbappe was outside the penalty box and thought, oh, I've got a free hit here, I might as well go for it. And the referees were, you know, fairly permissive, I would say, through the through the World Cup. And he just he took out everything in the old school tackle and, and then came away with the with the ball. He did get nutmeg later, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't a perfect performance, but it was still a is, it was still a good is performance. Is he under but, contract? Like you know, say a big English club or Spanish club comes along at least his value will have been raised a lot. It, they would get money, yeah. They would get money. So that's not, you know, um, that's not such an issue. It just, it's just that thing yeah. of always having to rebuild, which you, you know well as a Venezia fan, as a fan of any team other than a giant, you're so often forced to, you know, be it Vlaovic, be it Chiesa. It's usually Juve that's signing them for Fiorentina, but, you know, whoever it might be, um, you 
I just feel almost just kind of got a, a pattern, a, a sort of set kind of established formation and style of play, and he's right at the heart of it. And it would be painful to have to undo all of that and and start again. I, I mean, having said that, you know, yeah, if you can get big money, then I hope, which hasn't always been the case at Fiorentina, I hope that they've yep. got a plan in mind of how to of how to replace him. But given that he was. You know, people were so irate when Lucas Torreira wasn't kept in the summer. He's come in, done the job. If anything, I would say better than Torreira. He hasn't scored quite the goals of Torreira, but in terms of overall performance, just that mopping up in front of the defence. I mean, a good, good player. And, and you know, and maybe, I, I mean, I hope not too many people listen to the podcast because I was trumpeting on about him before the tournament, so maybe I've played part in my own downfall but but if I was in Florence that would be um, definitely my definitely my gift to, to Fiorentina would be to keep to keep Amrabat and um, and not lose him to as you say to the Premo because that seems to be you know they do seem to be a few clubs in England that are that mm-hmm. are breathing down his neck and, and showing an interest and, and you know you'd have to see on the performances given it looks like he'd be quite suited to playing in England as well, which you know is another is another concern. So, but we shall see. It's fingers crossed that we both get our wishes then, and that, that both teams can can keep can keep clambering up the can keep clambering up the table in the in the new year. Anyway, that that's that's us for for this year. We've um, we've done our bit. We've taken you through. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening to some of our rants over over the season and we're going to take a, a, a hardly earned break um, going going into the new year and we'll be back with the first round of, well it's not the first round because there's a midweek round but the first weekend round of Serie A fixtures comes on the 8th of January is this, the Sunday so we'll be back talking the same nonsense um, for, for then and um, obviously keeping a close eye on Serie B it's been quite nice I have to say to have a look at the the Lord Divine refresh my knowledge of of Serie B and and you know I just I, I mean I always remember it's always been yeah a dogfight to 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 get out and survive so you know that that will that will no doubt continue but as I say if you've enjoyed listening to us um, blather on throughout the throughout the year then please you know like share and um, you know stick that date in your diary to make sure you download the next the next episode when it's out on the 8th of January but until then you know have a have a very nice Christmas and New Year and we hope that all your clubs get the gifts you want unless you're a Juventus supporter. <laughs> Indeed have a good one and yeah we'll see you in the New Year.